Today the reading is Joshua 3, and um, you can find that on page 217 of the Church Bibles. So page 217, chapter 3. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went through the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God, and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the Ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all of Israel, so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you, and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. See the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan and ahead of you. Now then, choose twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe, And as soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is in flood all during harvest, Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away. At a town called Adam, in the vicinity of Zarathon, while the water flowing down to the Sea of the Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completely, had completed the crossing on dry ground. When we heard the news this week of all the, the, the various, uh, 
sad news we had. I was agonizing whether actually we should keep this passage or we should change it and do something different. But when I spoke to a number of people, they all said the same thing. The Lord knows what he's doing. He's sovereign. We've had this passage planned. He knew that. And I guess that's actually why at BH, that's often why we work through books of the Bible rather than sort of just always doing sort of one-offs here, there and everywhere because we say actually God knows better what we need than we do. So really our, our only confidence every sermon, but even particularly tonight, is that this isn't a message that, that I've chosen, but it's the one the Lord intended us to hear. And so that's our hope and confidence tonight, as it is every Sunday, that actually it's his word. So let's pray uh, as we begin uh, tonight. Father, we thank you that you know what you're doing. Father, we thank you that you are one who always keeps your promises. And we pray this evening that as we look at this little uh, passage, this little story, you would help us to have ever more faith, hope, and confidence in that. Amen. Um, so Joshua 3, I mean, what is this little small stitch doing in God's wider tapestry, in his wider story? Um, a story of how the Lord's works and acts, the story of how the Lord does amazing things. Now we might remember, if we know that the story of the Old Testament, that way back in Genesis, that God promised this land to Abraham. He said, this is the land I'm going to give you. He promised it to him. And then we move through history and then we get to that point where they send spies into the land, which we heard a few weeks ago. Uh, reminded of that, uh, the spies go in and ten of them say, ah, we can't do it. Two were all right, Joshua and Caleb, but ten just said, no, no. Uh, and so because of that, the people then uh, turned away. God said, well, if you don't want to go in the land, then fine. You, you go and uh, wander uh, in the wilderness for 40 years, which is what happened. Uh, the people then wandered around for 40 years and that, that whole generation who, who didn't want to go into the land passed away. 40 years of living an unsettled life. 40 years of wandering is this nomadic experience, our experience. 40 years Maybe wondering, is the Lord going to keep his promise or have we blown it? And that's it. But, but they, uh, they wander for 40 years and eventually they arrive at Shittim, which is uh, just uh, on the east side of the Jordan River. And they're there for a little while. And you're wondering if they're maybe thinking, well, now, you know, we're not in, in the promised land, but maybe this is our life. We're a bit settled. Uh, maybe this is where we're going to happen. And this is where Joshua 3 comes in, the little stitch in God's tapestry. The little stitch that says, God's going to do something amazing. He knows what he's doing. He's going to keep his promise. And so, chapter 3, verse 1, 
early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing. Early in the morning. Exciting things happen early in the morning, don't they? It's like catching that easy jet flight, getting up really early to go to the airport. Early in the morning. They're getting ready, they're going. They're going to go for it, they're moving forward. But this is a big operation. This isn't the kind of uh, go for a little paddle across the Jordan. No, here's a, a, a picture of what the Jordan may have looked like. Uh, and notice there's two things. Well, firstly, that it's in flood, which we find out from verse 15, and so the water would have been raging. But also just look at the banks. It's not a sandbank. It's more like a forest. They'd be wading through raging waters with trees and shrubbery and all sorts of stuff in their feet, uh, by their sides. This is not an easy thing to do. Uh, we know earlier, you know, last week, two spies went across. Well, two fit spies, well, yeah, they could do it. But a whole nation? Now, we have no idea how many people that is. People have uh, estimated it could be anything from a few hundred thousand to a few million. This is not an easy uh, operation. It's not a simple task. And even... <laughs> Even if they get across, well, it's not like kind of, oh, finally we're home. No, the, the other side of the river is loads of armies waiting for them. It's not even really half the job getting across the Jordan. Because they go across the Jordan and they're into enemy territory. There's uncertainty today. But a promise for the future. Because the Lord can do amazing things. He knows what he's doing and he always keeps his promise. So I'm sure there was a whole mix of emotion. People thinking, are we doing the right thing? Should we go? Should we not go? But but the Lord's promised it. What, What do we do? Well, of course, what happens in the story? They, they go to Shittim. They, sorry, they leave Shittim and they go to just by the Jordan. They, they get ready and they camp there for three days. That They prepare. Uh, and they, they follow the ark because, verse 4, sorry, verse 3, um, giving orders to people, this is Joshua speaking, when you see the ark of the covenant, the Lord your God, uh, analytical, sorry, when you see the, let's go, no. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you've never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the Ark. Do not go near it. The Ark is a, is a symbol of God's presence with his people. It, it's not a mascot or a, or a spiritual hoodoo. It, it's a symbol uh, that God is with his people. And they're to say, look, you, you're to follow the ark. Now, you've got to keep a distance, keep, keep about a kilometer. That's the distance, about a kilometer behind. Uh, you're meant to have a look and just keep your eyes fixed on that ark. Uh, but follow behind and you're to, to consecrate yourselves. That is to, to get ready. Prepare yourselves for what the Lord is going to do. Because he's going to do amazing things. Verse 5, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. 
Uh, and the ark goes ahead and the people keep their distance. And then what happens? Verse 15. Or rather verse 13. Joshua says, the Lord will stop the water flowing. And verse 15. Now the Jordan is in full flood during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away. The second the people's, the priests' feet touched the water, it stopped. The people walk through and cross the land. But why? Why then is this this stitch? Why do we have this story? What's it trying to get at? Well, on the face of it, it's the Lord just overcoming a problem. The people need to move from the east to the west. There's no bridge. There's no road. There's no plane, no train. There's a problem that they need to overcome. They they need to move across uh, the Jordan. So the Lord is making them do that. He's overcoming a problem. But but, but secondly, he's also doing something for Joshua. Did you remember verse 7? And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of Israel, so that they may know that I am with you, as I was with Moses. Uh, Moses was the one who led the people out of Egypt, the prince of Egypt, the plagues, the Passover, uh, through the Red Sea. And here, what's happening? Well, we know, Joshua 1.1, 1, 1, Moses has died. So are the people left rudderless? Oh, no, he's saying, look, Joshua, I'm going to raise you up. You're going to lead the people. And in a great similar act, just as Moses led the people through the Red Sea, Joshua is going to lead the people through the Jordan. The Lord is raising up Joshua to be the leader of his people. But, but thirdly, the Lord is giving confidence to his people. Remember, we said there was that whole bunch of armies ahead of them. They're going into enemy territory. Listen again to verse 10. This is how you'll know that the living God is among you. And here's the key bit. And that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Gishites, Amorites, and Jebusites. That is to say, look, he's saying, if you're worried... That, that, that I can't do this mission. If you think that actually you, you're going to go into this land undefeated, then just look. I'm going to draw out the Jordan. I'm going to draw out the Jordan so that when you cross over, you'll know that I can keep my promise. I mean, because the Lord could have made this an easier job for himself. He didn't have to send them across during the floods. He could have sent them across during the dry season. I mean, that would have been much easier uh, the waters would have been much easier to push across. But, but no, he wants them to know without an absolute shadow of a doubt 
that he is able. That he is able. If I can dry up a river, then I can subdue the nations before you. But then lastly, that flows into this next reason. And I think it's because God wants to not simply give confidence to the people. He wants them to know that he always keeps his promise. He always keeps his promise. So as I said uh, way back in Genesis, um, we can hear how God promised the land to Abraham. Uh, and we can also hear how he promised Abraham saying, uh, one day uh, your descendants are going to come back to this land and drive out the people because of their sin. Uh, that is to say uh, that when the people cross over the Jordan, they're actually, they're driving out not an innocent people, they're driving out a people who are guilty of mass sin against the Lord and indeed against others. The Lord will keep his promise. He told the people, this will be your land. I will give it to you. And by the crossing of the Jordan, they will know that that is true. The Lord will do amazing things. He knows what he's doing. And he'll certainly keep his promise. So what has all of that got to do with us? Well, let me say, this is not a story about you or I. This is not a story that we can step into. We're not those who are standing on the bank of a raging river. And we can ask the Lord to remove our troubles. That's not the point of Joshua 3. It's not the point to say, the Lord is able to remove your troubles like that, like he could remove the river from the Israelites. The point is to say, God can do amazing things. He knows what he's doing, and he will keep his promise. There's no guarantee, therefore, that, that troubles will disappear from our life. There's no guarantee that, that, that when we do fight, face those strifes, those ups and those downs, that the Lord will, will make a dry path. Uh, that's not what Joshua 3 is about. Uh, Joshua 3 is to tell us that God can do amazing things. He knows what he's doing and he will keep his promise. So if we're not those who kind of step uh, directly into the story, then where are we? Well, our story is in here. Our story is in here. Uh, the people are on the Jordan. They're, they're looking ahead. They're looking ahead with expectation. They're looking ahead to their promised land. Christians are those who live with their eyes looking ahead. Christians are those who, who, who look ahead to the land that is to come. Now, knowing that uh, to quote the Apostle Peter, that we're aliens and strangers. That is to say that this world is not our true home. That we're, we're standing and looking. Now, I, sometimes I can find that really tough to do. Really tough. Re really tough to, to sometimes look, look beyond, to, to, to know that actually that, that my real home is in heaven. But just because I find it tough doesn't mean it's not true. 
And actually, the more that I find myself trying to, to orientate my life, to say, actually, my home really is in heaven. It really is uh, in God's new creation. Uh, the more I say, actually, I'm going to deliberately, therefore, uh, live my life with that in view. The, the way I use my money, my time, my treasure. Uh, the more I, I proactively say that, the more I find that I want that to be true. The more that I perhaps cling to heaven and let go of earth, it makes looking ahead that much easier. And the more I see that there will never be a wasted sacrifice, a wasted decision to invest in my real home. The Lord can do amazing things. He knows what he's doing and he'll always keep his promise. Uh, but also, uh, like the people who had the ark, that the symbol of God's presence with them, actually, uh, we don't have a symbol. We have a reality. We have God's spirit with us. God is with us. We are not alone. We don't have to look a kilometre ahead and say, oh, God's with us. We can know that God is with us as his spirit is present with us. God can do amazing things. He knows what he's doing and he'll always keep his promise. And of course, did you notice that the actual work of the crossing was entirely of God as well? When the people, when the priests didn't sort of say, right, you've got to say some magic words, and then you've got to kind of jump up and down five times, turn around and touch the ground, and then the water will split. It's the second their feet touched the water's edge, it, it parted. It was all of the Lord. There was nothing the people did. Their, their salvation, their, their carrying across into the promised land was entirely of the Lord. And the same is true of us. Our access to the true promised land, our access to God is nothing to do with our own effort. It's all the Lord's. Uh, it's not about the ark touching water. It's about God himself touching the wood as the nails go into the cross. About the, t- the stone being rolled away from the tomb. Our access to God comes entirely from him, comes entirely from Jesus. So if that's our story, what then does this mean for us today? I think it means that we need to know that the Lord can do amazing things. He knows what he's doing and he will always keep his promise. Uh, We need to know that. So when we go into tomorrow and we face uh, expected, unexpected, uh, when we face uh, troubles that are short or long, that are known or unknown, uh, we do that with a confidence that says, uh, God can do amazing things. I trust he knows what he's doing and he will fulfill his promise that he will bring his children home. And nothing will change that. God can do amazing things. God has done amazing things. 
God does know what he's doing, even when we do not. And he will absolutely keep his promise that all who put their trust in him will be brought home, will be carried home. I wonder, when you think of those phrases, God can do amazing things. He knows what he's doing. And he will keep his promise. How could we keep those in our heads and our hearts this week? How could we pray them in? So that actually as we walk into this week, we do so with those who are having their eyes firmly fixed on what is to come. At knowing that God is with me and that he will most certainly, without a doubt, fulfill his promise and bring us home. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you can do amazing things. We thank you for the amazing things you did by bringing the people through the Jordan. We thank you for the amazing things that you did uh, by dying upon the cross. And we thank you, Lord, that you still do amazing things today. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to know that you do know what you're doing, that we have that bigger perspective. And we can have that deep, dug-down trust that you will keep your promise. Bring joy and comfort to our hearts, we pray. Amen.